Hello everyone and welcome to the Quotable Podcast. In today's gridiron match, we have two longtime rivals, Morgan the Stallion versus Dutch, aka Cerebral Posse. Hold on to your butts, everyone, because there's no way we're getting through this one without any necessary roughness. Well, this is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> Man, dude, that was a solid opening. All right. I like it. I will take it. <laughs> This is uh, this has been one of my favorite movies for a while. I've always been, and it's weird to say because I'm not a big fan of sports. Like, as long as you've known me, I've never been a sports guy, right? Yeah, no, I mean, we've never really talked about football, baseball, anything, because, I mean, you don't really follow. But for some reason, I love sports-themed movies. Like, from this one. Like, That's because they get it right. I mean, just like this one, just like any other sports sports movie out there, it is... You have someone that's going to be aging in some certain way. Then they're asked to be brought back to essentially help save the day. Then there's going to be a love story somewhere. Then there's going to be someone that quits or gets upset with someone else on on said team. And they leave. (laughs) But then they come back like in the clutch and totally dominate. And then it's a moral story all around. Yes. There's usually somebody that has a lack of self-confidence that has to come back and prove that they are actually worthy to be on the team. I'm still relevant. (laughs) Mr. Stonehands over here. (laughs) Don't throw it to Stonehands. But uh, this was, I would say, in the height of Scott Bakula's career. Oh, easily. I think he may have still been doing Quantum Leap at this time. I believe that he was and maybe left Quantum Leap right. Or if he wasn't doing it, then he left it right around. But he was at like Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did do Star Trek. Yeah. So he's still like he's in there somewhere. He's doing stuff. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. He was making moves. Still making moves. I've always been a fan of Scott. (laughs) The Bakula. Yep. (laughs) And he did a great job in this one. He did. He did. I mean, aging quarterback. How's the arm, kid? 34 years old. (laughs) I haven't thrown a football in years. Good. It's well rested. Which is funny because at the beginning of the movie, you see him practicing in his field. (laughs) Yeah. And to me, that just kind of seems like he goes out there and does that every day. I would not be surprised. That's an everyday thing. Yes. Like he probably goes out there before his ranch hands get there to help him out. And just throws the football for hour, like an hour. Yeah. So, I mean. Split those double eights, baby. Yeah, I just, you know, something to keep the arm loose, keep it worked out, feeling good. Keep it fresh. Yeah. Feeling good, feeling great. Feeling feeling fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) This is not too different than most of the uh, underdog stories as far as, like, football movies go. Right. Um, But, yeah, you've got him. He's... He was in high school, and he was one of the greats. He never lost a high school game, according to him. Yeah. You never saw him play. Yeah, we never saw the stat sheets. No. (laughs) It's all speculation up to this point. But you do find that uh, Suzanne Carter, I think was her name, uh, totally had a crush on him in high school. And this part is is weird. This is something we both agree on, is that they both act like they don't recognize one another. Well, he definitely doesn't recognize her because she went to Hollican High, which was a totally different high school than he went to. But he was the star quarterback of his high school. So 
their introduction to each other in the movie is when she pegs him in the head with a racquetball. And I'm in firm belief, like, I don't look, aside from the beard now, I really don't look all that different than what I did in high school. I look totally different. <laughs> well, I mean, well, then, I mean, it's a good plastic surgeon then. Yeah. Damn fine. Yes. Damn fine work. That I tipped them. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tip. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, someone changed that drastically to where it'd be like, no, I have no idea who you are. So, I mean, I follow some people on Facebook. And it's like we went to the same high school and everything. But then I look at them and I'm like, I don't know who you are. I have no clue who you are. So based on the storyline, it would have been about 16 years after the two of them graduated. I'm assuming they were in the same class. Like the yeah, sa- they graduated yeah, the, the same the, year. Yeah. I mean. Um, that, yeah, I I think that's what he said because uh, when Wally went out to his house or went to his ranch to recruit him to play football, he was like, yeah, you came out here about 16 years ago trying to recruit me for Penn State. He's like, ah, I left an impression then. <laughs> you left something. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, you got Robert Lagia. Lug- Lug- yeah, I don't know. Lagia. Lug- yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's either Logia or Logia. I can't. I don't know, but it's Italian, so I would think Logia. 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 Either Logia or Logia. But I've always had a tremendous uh, respect for him as an actor because every role that he plays, he's he's never like intentionally funny. No, but, but he is so funny. Well, in this movie, it's kind of over the top funny. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of. I've never seen him this funny. Like, I've seen him deliver funny lines, but I've never seen him act like he did in this movie where it was, I mean, really good, quick one lines. But he's another one, just like if you listen to our last episode, Leslie Nielsen, where he has that knack of just delivering a line that's super funny, but just keeping it straight. Right. And, uh... For those of you who may not recognize him by name, you definitely recognize him by face. Um, and he played the hotel manager in Pretty Woman. You, yes, he did. You you may remember him from that. But it's one of those, you know, like I said, his one-liners in this movie are fantastic. You know, when uh, when the head coach, Coach Ed Gennaro, played by Hector Elizondo, is trying to teach, or not teach, but coach Featherstone, he's like, all right, you know, fly pattern right. And Featherstone keeps dropping the ball. He's like, hey, it's okay, son. We, uh, we'll we work on it. He's like, let's uh, let's try this. And he's like, yeah, maybe you can try holding on to the ball this time. <laughs> I, My favorite interaction between the two of them is the hospital scene. Oh, because, yes. Because he has a mild heart attack. Yeah. And gets rushed to the emergency well, room. Well, at least somehow. that's what you think. You, yeah. That's, it, that's, that's, that's how it comes across. It's It's perceived right it's all speculation (laughs) it's hearsay at this point yes henceforth (laughs) all of the above comp what is it happenstance yeah (laughs) just by happenstance i fucking hate that word (laughs) yeah he's in the middle of uh, making a salad and then he you know you see him reach for his shoulder so you just assume worst case scenario he's having a major heart attack and he gets rushed to the hospital so he's got a make ed coach for you know just a temporary thing 
Wally doesn't see it that way. Yeah. Because he's like, here, I want to give you my playbook. And he's like, I'll, I'll cherish this forever. It's like, that, oh, that's I'm right. not bequeathing yes, it to you. Yes, I'm not bequeathing it to you. I'm <laughs> just like, loaning it to you. Yeah, he's like, you have to coach the team tonight. And he's like, I can't, Ed. I'm, I'm not ready. But when he first comes into the room, <laughs> he has got the, he's got the vase with flowers. And, and, and he says, Ed, it's, like, it's, uh, it's Wally. Yeah, it's, Wally, whatever the hell his last yeah, name. Like, like Wally Rigatori or something. He's like, it's, it's like, Wally Rigatori. He's like, I'm not in a coma. Yeah, it's like, I know it's you, Wally. I know who you are. (laughs) But he's like, I got you these flowers. Like, I had to charge them to your room, though, because I'm a little short this week. (laughs) Oh, Oh my God. God. Like, why bother? I know. (laughs) He doesn't need flowers. He's a dude. (laughs) But their interactions throughout the entire movie are, I mean, it's almost like best friend interactions. You can tell and, that they've known each other for a while because even when they first meet up, when uh, Ed goes to the to the college, yeah. and they see each other in the football stadium, and they're shouting at each other from across the field, yeah. And by like when he's talking, he's like, "Oh no, you'll handle the defense. I'll take the offense." And he was like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna be the big O, and I'll just be the little D." Like <laughs> I see what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> But then he's talking about when they go into the locker room and he was talking about, oh, I was like, what are you talking about? I had a head coaching job. And he was like, ah, head coach in a high school in London really doesn't con- like constitute a, a coaching job. He's like, oh, he had to teach one hygiene class. <laughs> but then Ed's comeback is, well, that's something you know nothing about. He's like, by the way, I hear you're off the sauce. <laughs> Well, baby <laughs> steps. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, their interactions. I mean, honestly, my favorite part of the entire movie is when he when Wally's by himself and he tries to give like the motivational speeches. Like, because at first he's kind of trying to be like Ed. Because if you notice Ed going through game after game after game after game, they have a ten game like I guess roster for the year. So they have 10 games to play. He doesn't, they don't win any of them. So, but every single game, Ed is trying to stay positive. Come on, guys, let's go. Just give me 100%. Just do this. You fumble. Oh, it's okay, son. You'll do it. You'll do it better next time. So that's how Wally's trying to be. But Wally's not like that. I mean, you see that in the second game, I think it was the home game. And he's just kneeling down, like on the side of the. He's like, come on, Wally, come on, you got to stand up. I mean, come on, people are looking. He's like, it's not many people, but they're looking. And he goes, nah, he's like, if this wasn't fucking AstroTurf, I would dig myself a grave right here. (laughs) He's more of a realist, yes, to say the least. But when he's trying to be motivational, he's trying to be like Ed. So when he's talking to the team before the last game and he tells them, he's like, he suffered a slight heart attack. He's like, but, you know, the doctors, they don't know yet. And he's just kind of making it sound like it's just touch and go. And so when he finally tells the team, he was like, Ed Gennaro's last words to me were, win or or I'll I'll die. die. (laughs) (laughs) So then they go out and they're playing the game and stuff. And you can tell that he's uncomfortable because he's trying to be like Ed. He's got a suit on. And he's never worn a suit the entire time. Yeah. I mean, normally 90% of the movie, when you see him, he's wearing a T-shirt, sweatpants that are pulled up to his knees with white tube socks on that are folded down in cleats. That's pretty much his attire. 
that's what he's comfortable in. That's what he knows. And so this took him out of his comfort zone. This kind of prevented he was so focused on trying to be more like Ed that he wasn't just being able to be a good coach, you know? Right. But after that first half <laughs> it, it <laughs> Oh, it led the to one of the yeah greatest that, speeches, yeah, man. The halftime speech is a speech to be reveled in because even then, at the very beginning of the speech, he's trying to stay positive. He was like, "Ah, Popkey, give me my notes." He's like, "Oh, what are they? What what coverage were they running here?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a double double." And he's like, "A double double." Yeah, well, okay, whatever. Well, <laughs> well, all right, well, it wasn't working. And then he's like, "McKenzie." He was like, "Yeah, you keep cutting left." He's like, "Cut right." He's like, "It'll take you inside." And it takes you off, and you know, you can open up that lane. He's like, now, let's just look at what's been working for us. He's like, Slight pause. Yeah, and he's like, not a goddamn thing's been working for us. He's like, <laughs> this suit is not working for me. This tie. This fucking tie is not working for this me. This shirt. He rips off his shirt. He's like, this goddamn shirt. He's like, you guys don't know what it's like to play hard-nosed football. He's like, like Ed Gennaro. Ed Gennaro went out there. He was a 140-pound halfback. Which is unheard of. <laughs> he's like, but he played like a goddamn wild man. No, no, he played like a rampaging fucking wild beast. He was like, you got to rip their fucking heads off and, and shit, shit down, down their, their necks. necks. <laughs> Let us pray. <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of those motivational things where you're like, oh, my God, like, I felt that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, even though this is a comedy, it's a sports comedy film. Right. It's like. They still have aspects of a really good sports movie, yeah. you know, and I, I can't dismiss this as a good sports movie, period, because they did a they did a great job with it, yeah. you know, and, and it wasn't like they just took this team of misfits and uh, ended up winning the goddamn Super Bowl. You know, it's college football. Yeah. You know, they just didn't want to be the worst. Yeah. And it's funny that you bring that up because I pointed it out this last time that we just watched it was, you know, they go 10 games in the season and they lose eight of them tie one game. And then the last game they actually win against the number one team. They're still in last place. Yeah. Like they're still the worst. <laughs> they're lowest but in they the rankings. Did, but, yes. in, but for moral gratitude, they get to sit there and go, we beat the number one team in the world. Right. So, so at least we have that going for us. So we don't know what's going to happen next season. Everybody. Yep. I have no idea. Let's go back in time. Now, the one thing that I did question, and I mean, I never brought it up to you, but when when uh, Rig goes out to talk to Paul Blake the first time and he tells him, he's like, you never, you never like registered as a freshman he was like so you could go and start playing freshman football so is he gonna just stay in college for four more years <laughs> i think that's the idea i mean it doesn't really get into it they do get andre Krim, who is at this time a teacher at the school and they're like oh yeah and paul even tells him he's like you have a year of eligibility left he's like what play football nah and he's the only one that seems like he has like some sense to him where it's like, you know, he knows what he wants to do. He wanted to go with a chemistry major and, you know, he did. And now he's a teacher there and he talks about how hard he worked. He's like, you know, I got my BS in five semesters, which is amazing. He's like, I got my uh, PhD in or masters, 
His master's uh, yeah, was his, next. Yeah, yeah, his master's in a year. And then he's like, and I got my, he's like, I'm halfway to my PhD. I mean, that's amazing. So it's like, you, you can see that he's actually one of those guys like, no, I'm, I mean, I'm working hard towards a goal. But I like the, you know, conversation between the two of them and Cram uh, is played by Sinbad. Yes. And not the sailor, the comedian. If you're a Gen Xer, like we are, <laughs> you know who we're talking about. Yup. Uh, but he's saying like, what the hell are you doing taking this? Uh, it was like science physics or I can't remember some kind of science. Yeah. Uh, and he was astronomy like, was, or something like yeah. that. He's, he was either this or home ec. He's like, oh, <laughs> so you took the easy way out. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> I can bake a pie. Damn it. <laughs> But, you know, the whole premise of the movie is, like, we did. they didn't want to have a team that's bought and paid for. Right. And that's how the whole movie starts off. I mean, it's showing this amazing football team, but then it shows that every single player on the team had to be kicked off of the team because of buy-offs from booster clubs, uh, steroid abuse, grade tampering, and it shows Ed Gennaro, and he's talking about these things, and he's saying, you know, they need to be punished. And, you know, rightfully so, they get punished. So it is one of those things that, you know, it does have that kind of moral aspect to it, which you even see later in the movie when uh, they all, after their their big tie, and they go to uh, Edison's party, and they all have, like, those nice... Uh, sports jackets on a uh, smoking jacket or whatever whatever you want to call them yeah yeah, 100 percent cashmere yeah not breathable <laughs> at all nope you are gonna be sweating like a hog <laughs> don't play in these but folks <laughs> get used to this lifestyle but then i mean ed tells him you know you no, you're not gonna accept these gifts like this is how it starts so start with this and then champagne and then money and now he's like i'm against all of this and then that's where you have the moral dilemma with Paul Blake standing up and just saying, like, look, this is ridiculous. Like, you know, let these kids have some fun. Like, who gives a shit? You see the friction between the head coach and the quarterback. Yeah, and um, I like how they kind of have the pairs of people that ended up rooming together, and you kind of see the people who are roommates interacting more with each other than, like, the rest of the team. Right. Uh, And even when Paul Blake first gets to the campus and he's trying to find his room he passes by a couple of the rooms and uh you see samurai and then sarge sarji according to the credits (laughs) yep you know some military guy and uh the one guy that they call samurai he's just he's all into like karate and like that kind of lifestyle which plays into his athletics and the way that he plays football (laughs) i do like that when he walks kind of into the like group conjuring area like the common area yeah Yeah. and he's standing there and he's like excuse me can you tell me where room 107 is and the girl's like oh well who's your kid i probably know him he's like no i'm not looking for my i'm looking for my room he's like what yeah 40 year old yeah and then but jason bateman's sitting there and he's like yeah maybe he knew elvis (laughs) (laughs) and they you know they play into the fact that he's a lot older than a lot of the students at this school right there was even a line like later on in the movie um, and they said something about him being the only one alive. Wait, oh, yeah, Rob Schneider says it. When, when he, he, yeah, when he's talking about, it, he's like Paul Blake. He was like the oldest person on the Armadillo team. He was still alive when the Beatles were still together. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's another great aspect of this movie is like a young Rob Schneider. A very young Rob Schneider. Who gets to be the uh, football announcer. I mean, in all honesty, I would think that in this movie, Rob Schneider's 21, 22. He was, maybe. yeah. Yeah, he was very young. But, he, I mean, Jason Bateman was 22 when I know. this movie came out. Yeah. And he looks very young. And it's like you see him now because he's stayed relevant for a very long time. Yeah, I feel like there was like a, a short spat where it's like, well, where, whatever happened to Jason Bateman? And then he was in like every movie. I think it's because he and I'm, I mean, I may be wrong. And you uh, both of you that are listening can correct me on this in the, uh, the comments. You don't have to correct him. Uh, well, you can correct me in this in the comment section. At least then I know you're interacting. But uh, Please I, do. Think, I think the, he had a little bit of a drug problem at one point. That's possible. I think so. I think that's kind of what happened to him at that point in his career where Mm -hmm. he like disappeared for a while. I think it was a drug use. Not as bad as Corey Feldman, but let's not open that one. Yeah. (laughs) God, Corey Feldman. Um, I like when Paul finds his room and he sees all like the Hawaiian decor on the the door and then he, you know. Lakaya mano mano. Yeah. He knocks on the door and then... uh, He hears the voice from the other side saying, come in. Yeah. Yeah. And then he meets his roommate in Lakai. Manu Manu. Mahu. Mahu Manu. Yeah. And he's he's like, like, well, look, Lakai, Mahu, Mahu Manu to you too. He's like, no, that's my name. It means, he's like, I'm from Samoa, the big island. Yeah. Like it means the runts runts of of the the litter. litter. It's like the rest of my men and my family are. Very large. Which he's a big ass dude. He too. is a huge dude. <laughs> he's not super tall, but he's a big guy. Yeah. That's for sure. But I like how accommodating he was because yeah. this is another play on the fact that Paul is older than everybody. You know, he's being he's really a, nice. He's yeah, like, can uh, I get, can you, I get you something to drink? I'd make you some Samoan tea. Do you need an extra pillow? And he's like, what's with all the hospitality? He's, he's like, like what's, yeah, what's with the, all, all the attention? Yeah. He's like, uh, where I come from, we are taught to respect our elders. He's like, well, I'm. I'm not that eld. <laughs> but I like when he's trying to get up onto the top bunk and he, he can't, can't do it. So he just picks him up and lifts him. By his like haunches. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say haunches. I'm, I'm sorry, Scott Bakula, but that scene will live on in infamy. It was good. It was, it was, it was a good scene. I like it. Um, so there's a couple of other standout scenes that I find very memorable, and that's when there's the infamous bar scene. Right. You know, and there's, I think this happens in a lot of sports movies. There's some scene with a rival team. I was going to say, if you're about to say what I think you're going to say, then yes, it happens in every sports movie. Yes. And it doesn't matter what the sport is. No, not at all. This is going to happen. The rival team will show up in whatever bar and just be like, oh yeah, no, we were just here to get some drinks. Christ, and it even happened in Cool Runnings. Yeah, and then a bar fight's gonna break out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So you meet the, uh, I guess, I guess you could call him the star of the Texas Colts. Colts. Yeah, the flat top. Yeah, the yeah the number one team, college right. team, and this dude has got the squarest head I've ever seen in my life. Oh, he does. My, my youngest kid even tried to point that out when we were watching it this past time. He was like, Dad, that looks just like you. And I'm like, no, it, honestly, it doesn't. Not even a little. But then he pointed <laughs> to like each side of my face and he was like, yeah, one, two, three, four, there. Ha. 
and I've been thinking of killing myself ever since. So yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't see it. I didn't see what he was talking about. I even I even questioned him on it, and he's like, "Yeah, square." Yeah, I'm, and like, I'm well, sitting I mean, there thinking, "How can you my, argue with that?" I'm sitting there trying to think to myself. I'm like, "Man, I've always been told I have a kind of a round face, so well, like I don't want to be a square face." I, well, that guy looks like my Honda Element. Dude, he does. <laughs> he, oh my God, he does. He's like, he's got like a cleft palate too, which makes it even worse. But he, dude's got the biggest chin I've ever seen too. on any man <laughs> and or woman. It's like, it's like they took somebody with a gigantic head. They took my car and put a chin on it. <laughs> That's exactly what it did. What I was going to say though, is they they put somebody's face in Photoshop and then they took the face portion and shrunk that down, but just left the giant enormous head yeah. around it. it and whoever no sense. you are, fella out there, I mean, I am sorry, but I'm just sorry. His name was weird too. It was like Tom Element? White something. Element White. No, it was like no, no, it was like White Knight. White Knight. Yes. I know it was White Knight, but I think it like in I think in parenthetical form, it was like you know Tom Element White Knight. It has to be. It's gotta be. Well, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen him before. Haven't seen him since. So yeah, you have the typical. Okay, I'm the odd man out. I'm the the old has been football player guy. I can't connect with my team because I'm older than them. Which happens and, in every sports it, movie, exactly. And this was no exception. But he ends up showing up anyway, you know, and uh, just to show his support for the team because right. be- before they had, they were just talking about coming to this bar, Billy Bob's or whatever the hell it was called, which has an indoor like a uh, rodeo. rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> Indoor live rodeo, not a mechanical bull, people. No, we're talking about the real stuff. Yeah, these are real bulls. Yep. And I do like the one guy that he show. It shows him like doing the bull riding. He flies off and he's like, "Whoa, yeah!" And then uh, Manu is sitting at the table and he's like, he's oh, "That was a hell of a ride. You must be hungry." And he's like, "Man, he holds I up a gigantic rib." Yeah, and he's like, "Man, I ain't eating anything that I'm out roading here." <laughs> And I don't know if you know who that guy is, but his name is Andrew. Uh, I know I'm going to slaughter this. And, sir, if you're listening, I'm sorry for slaughtering your last name. Then just but leave it at the first name. Then. <laughs> it's Andrew Berninski, but he actually plays Christopher Walken's son in Batman Returns. Really? Yeah, he plays Chip. Oh, that's, well, there you go, yep. folks. <laughs> We're giving you trivia for days. Merry Christmas. <laughs> It's only January. I know. I'm getting a jump start on all this festivities. I know. <laughs> Which reminds me, we need to do another trivia episode. That we've we o- do. We've only got 11 months to prepare. I know. I know. Well, it's going to be, I don't know if that's enough time. I know. <laughs> With our track record. I know. I kind of have a feeling. Like, I could tell you right now, hey, Morgan, the the week of June 16th, we are going to... Do a trivia episode. I guarantee on June 15th, you're going to be like, I have no questions. I haven't even started. And then I am going to look at you and be like, dude, I am in the same boat. (laughs) And I haven't even thought about it. And then we'll put on a movie and then we'll be on our phones. Like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. We're clutch, man. (laughs) You're a Dutch man. I'm a clutch man. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can sit there and honestly tell you, man, God, I can pull it out in a clutch. I did like the the theme that we did last time. Yes, like the we theme, had to come up with a theme. It, yeah. it kept things interesting. It did. So I feel like if we did something like that again, I wouldn't be upset about it. I know. And honestly, tell you the truth, I can still remember your theme, but I cannot remember what my theme was. Yours was like treasure hunting. Ah, God dang darn, it was. It was. Damn, you should have kept that as one of your questions. Well, nope. Because <laughs> you would have picked... Your, oh, you what was your picked. theme last time, Dutch? Be like, I don't know, gay porn. <laughs> <laughs> corn. Cornography, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Someone took a picture of my cornfield. <laughs> it was very tasteful. I'm finding it all over websites. <laughs> How hot and wet do you like your corn? <laughs> Okay. All right. That one got me. <laughs> that one got me. Of course, you have the lovely Kathy Ireland. Oh, God. No, it's more than lovely. Yep. Oh. She did stuff to me. She still does stuff to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that she's been married since like 1988, but still, bam. It's, I mean, I mean, she can't help it. It's Kathy Ireland. I know. She's like the first supermodel. I feel but, I mean, like well, she's one of the first. One of the first. Yeah, I think, uh, I can't remember. I, I think Tyra Banks is the one, or no, it's Janice Dickerson. Well, Cindy Crawford was like one of my first ones yeah. that I had hanging but hanging on my yeah. wall. Well, I think the the very first supermodel, because of like the to hold the term supermodel has to, you have to do like so many things. It was, yeah, Gia, what's her, what? And there was actually a movie that, uh, damn it. Yeah, it was Gia, Gia, Gia Geopolis or something. I don't know. It was like a GG thing. Yeah, because Angelina Jolie did a, yeah. a movie about her life. Right. And her addiction to like heroin and shit, which and then, was a very disturbing movie. Yeah. But I do want to say that Kathy Ireland, I believe, might have been the first lady to ever grace Sports Illustrated, the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, I think she was the first one to do do it like three different times, which made her like one of the very first like Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit models. The trifecta. Yep, she's she did it again. Before there was Kate Upton, <laughs> there was Kathy Ireland. <laughs> Way before Kate Upton. Yeah, but uh, Kate Upton might have been born in '88. <laughs> but uh, there is one thing that I pointed out to you, and I can't unhear it now. Is the <laughs> The first time Ed meets up with Wally and they're talking, he says, it's good to see you yeah. <laughs> again. And, and yeah. Wally's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said to Dutch, I'm like, I'm going to start doing that now. I it, honestly can't believe I've never picked up on that. It's so funny because he does it again, like later on. Yeah. And I mean, I love you and I have mentioned this numerous times. I love little overlooked lines. I think that those are the like those are the gold in any movie that you that you watch that you can find is an overlooked line stuff that yeah and we've picked up on that even in our first episode like our favorite line from Office Space which I think we've even said the wrong word and we've brought this up before yes is when Tom says well okay yeah but we've actually I think we've, we've actually it changed up. it. We changed it because apparently in the movie he says, 
well, all right. And there's no pause, but we add a pause when we say it. Right. And it's because we just picked up on that line because we thought it was so great. And with the pause, it makes it so much better. It does. Because it's, well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because we can use it for anything. We can. (laughs) And we still do. Indeed. (laughs) Go on. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I can't not love it. Yeah. And like any typical sports movie, well, not any typical sports movie, but especially when it comes to college sports, like this is about, this is about college football. You have the Dean that just, yeah, he just, and he does not want the football team to survive at all. And another overlooked line is when they finally have their team roster set up and Wally and Ed are going over it. And he was like, well, you can have this person, this person, this. And then he was like, okay. And he was like, and you can have Rigatoni. And then he was like, oh, not Rigatoni. And here comes the Dean. He was like, yeah, he had an incomplete summer school. So no pass, no play. Right. That's our rule. And he's like, oh, we'll just take it to the board of, uh, like a board of academics. He's like, yes, the board of academics is the way to go. It's like, I think they meet in July. Or, or is, is it, it every, every other, other July? July? <laughs> <laughs> but then when he starts talking like more and more, he looks over at Wally and he's like, well, sorry, Wally, but you lost this person. And he's like, uh, and he's like, yeah, Wally. It is Wally, right? And he's like, you can call me Walter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then when he was like, how do you expect us to field a team if you're cutting all our players? And he's like, I don't. I enjoy throwing I, I, the I don't and the little eyebrow raise is an overlooked line because now the only thing that I can see is James Bond when he was like, oh, how do you expect me to win? He'd be like, I don't. I expect him to die. And that's, that's that is the only thing I can see because that guy would be the perfect Bond villain. Yeah, but you have to say it like Bane now. <laughs> I expect them to die. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. We're remaking the Dark Knight Rises. We are. (laughs) We love mashing up movies (laughs) because certain points in movies will remind us of other movies. And it's like you'll hear a line that just seems incomplete. It does. And we can't help but throw that completion in there. Yeah. And And, And it just made sense the way that you did it. Yeah, it, because it makes more sense to say that. It doesn't make any sense just to be like, well, how do you expect us to field a team? Be like, I don't. And then you turn around and leave. That's not a line. Yeah. And it's like, how do you expect us to do that? And you're like, I don't expect you to do it. I expect you to die. <laughs> or worse, <laughs> lose. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll recognize the guy that plays the Dean, too, because he's an asshole in every movie that he's ever done. Yes, pretty much everything. I don't, I, and I think he was also in Pretty Woman. I think so. Or, he, he was the asshole. No, that was he was Jay- listed no. as asshole one. Jason Alexander. No, but I think he's in it as well. Huh. I'll have to go back and double check. I'll double check my records. This will be our poll question. Yes. <laughs> Who's a bigger asshole, Jason Alexander in Pretty Woman or this douche? In Pretty Possibly Woman. Possibly in Pretty Woman. <laughs> I am pretty sure that he is in Pretty Woman. You know what? I had the same thought, so it's very possible. I mean, I could be entirely wrong because I was uh, doing the Google machine for quite a few different actors. When did you get the Google? 
Oh, uh, yesterday. Nineteen aughts. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, picked it up at nine o'clock last night. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, stepping up in the world. I know. I'm googling everything. <laughs> you should Google Dutch. <laughs> But, yeah, you got the asshole Dean who wants the team to fail, which I don't even know why he and wants of, them to fail. Uh, just because he, I think uh, mainly they probably didn't get into it, but my only guess is because of the fact that he was most likely a nerd in school. And uh, he hated the jocks. That's, yeah, and that's nobody really liked what him, it so. seems like. Yeah. yeah, And then he we don't, really the, hated the jocks. These people aren't like us. Yeah. But then he really hated the jocks when he found out that his love interest, Suzanne Carter, teaching journalism 101, had a has romantic feelings for Paul, for Paul Blake. Blake, and that he cannot stand. And it's <laughs> this. There's a couple weird scenes where he's trying to, I guess, flirt with her in his own way. Yeah, but it's, it's not working because he's just being a dick. It's terrible. Your flirting skills are. Horrible. But the way that he perceives the conversation is totally different than the way yeah. that she does. <laughs> you know, like the one moment where he calls her by her first name and then that'd be right before she leaves, she calls him Phil. Yeah. And then that's after she's gone, he's like, she called me Phil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's what you got out of this entire conversation. Yeah. Here. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, because she even, that was when she graded the, the final exams. Or no, it was midterms. She graded the midterms. And, you know, a good majority of the football players are all in her class because they're like, oh, you know, it's just an easy class. It's an easy grade, so we don't need to worry about it. But she actually said, I don't give free rides. You will have to work hard and earn the grade that I give you, which all of them, all of them do. But after she's done grading the, the exams, he shows up and he's like, oh, finish grading them. He's like, I'm just going to go ahead and look them over and she's like why on earth would you do that and he's like i was really kind of thinking that you might be trying to go easy on them he's like i'm not questioning your judgment i'm questioning your integrity yeah <laughs> like, so fuck you dude yeah exactly <laughs> so then she was like fine you go ahead and take these exams you regret them but i swear if you change one grade she's like i'll take it to the board of academics and let them and you can let them know why you were interfering he goes you don't want to cross me, Suzanne. And then she's like, up yours, Phil. <laughs> and then leaves. And he's, and his media is just, she called me Phil. <laughs> Keep it in your pants, I Phil. Know. I mean, Christ. You're not filling her. <laughs> i tell you that much. Basically, Phil, just fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> she called me Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to write about this later in my journal. So, um... Another scene that stands out to me is when he goes into her class for the first time, you know, and and pretty much the whole football team is there. Right. And uh, they had already done practice. I think they've even played another game at this point. I could be wrong because the one guy's in the neck brace. Oh, yeah, yeah. they Yeah, that was right after their first game. And uh, so she comes into the class and... He's standing up front because he doesn't know what to no, do. No, 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 no. Uh, you're mixing. The first time he came in, it, like that was they just had practices and everything. But the next time, when the guys in the next neck brace, that's when they uh, oh they had, had the, to he write, had to their write their the, papers. Okay, okay. They had right. to write their own papers. And the the cowboy guy Andrew Berninski, his paper was oh well you know the handsome uh, 
you know, Walter so-and-so. And then she was like, oh, and, you know, he placed eighth in the bull wrestling competition. She was like, oh, well, look, you've actually have a lead for a news story. And then she was like, and you got all five W's. Why? What? When? How? And of course, and who? Who? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. The other time was uh, <laughs> when they had to write that paper. Yeah, but it, the neck brace the, scene. Yeah, neck brace guy. He's like, because somebody had a good view from the bench. And yeah. then he does the Batman turn. Yeah. Work because he can't move his neck, so yeah. he had to move his whole entire body. <laughs> so I, I love that part just because of the fact that when he was... Um, you know, she's talking, she's reading Paul's paper. It was actually very well written. Yeah, too. very well written. And then she was like, that's a solid opening. And then, you know, he leans forward. He's like, that's because he had a good view from the bench. <laughs> but then had to do the slow turnaround like, that's right. Burn. <laughs> Sick burn, Paul. But I can't see you. <laughs> but so great. He, he had another good moment. Because this is the same guy that can't catch the football. No, no, he drops it every time. He's scared of it. So one of the other guys who's trying to help him gain some confidence, he's like, just remember, Charlie don't, Banks. don't be afraid of the ball. And he starts juggling some pieces of fruit. The ball and, is my friend. The ball is my friend. <laughs> but he looks up at the fruit like it's a magic trick. Yeah, it's like, <gasps> <gasps> I love magic. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Maze. <laughs> Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of great moments in this, and and it's you have to watch the movie to appreciate at least the football aspect of it because we can't capture all of that in this yeah. episode. Um, are there any other memorable moments that you want to touch on before we end? Uh, yeah, my favorite, well, not one of my favorite moments, but another moment that sticks out to me is uh, the little Australian rugger. Yes. Because when he, I mean, you have this guy from Australia who is here to play American football for this college team. And when it first shows him, everybody's just headbutting their helmets together. But he has no helmet, no pads, nothing on. And he's headbutting someone. And then they stop and he was like, okay, <clears throat> you good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy without so, the helmet asked yeah. the guy with the helmet if he's okay. <laughs> so then. You know, the coach comes up and he was like, where are your pads, son? He was like, oh, no. He was like, I, I don't wear pads. He's like, yeah, no. Nah. He's like, uh, you know, where I come from, the only people that wear pads are the referee and the spectators. <laughs> so they run a play and, you know, it's a little pass play. He catches the ball. Sarge wallops him, knocks him out, and he's just laying on, on the ground. But I love when Rig comes up and he's like, my God, he held on to the ball. So Ed's like, when he wakes up, get him some pads. Yeah. But then Wally right away is like, I don't know. Pads, Pads might, might hurt his game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Might hurt his game. But the funny thing this about could slow him down. Funny thing about this guy is like he's supposed to be Australian, and the actor you told me, which you know I have no reason not to believe you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he sounds like he's like from New Jersey, and even looks like a guy from New Jersey. I like think he, they have a New Jersey in Australia too. He would have fit in on on uh, Jersey Shore. Yes, he would have. <laughs> Um, another moment that stands out to me is it's not a funny moment, but it is one of those moments where you're really just like cheering for them. And that's when they're playing against Texas, the Colts. Right. And flat top who just keeps leveling Paul just over and over and over. I think after the fourth or fifth sack that you see, 
He's standing up. He's like, was that flat top again? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, we may want to think about covering him sometime tonight. Yeah. <laughs> but the final play of the game, well, one of the final plays of the game. No, it is the final play of the it, game. It is it's the final. Two, yeah, it's a two-point conversion. <laughs> um, Manu, you know, he says to Paul, like, he won't touch you. Right. But uh, Manu actually checks, checks flat top. Like hard, hard, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he as he falls down on the ground, slow motion. You see just the blood just gushing out of his yeah, mouth, I mean, and but, it's like Zombie Land style yeah. blood coming out. I mean, but when Manu hits him, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, like his face mask, face mask rips off and everything. So it's like that's why you can see his mic hit. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> But that's why you can see all the blood and you can see his full face is because his face mask is gone. Yeah. It's it's gone. Yeah. And there's this is another typical moment in most of these uh, f- uh, sports movies in general where right. where the uh, quote unquote the bully, the main bad dude, it gets he his, his just desserts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, his uppins came. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a casserole, Shayla. It'll It'll come. <laughs> We're saying the same thing. Yep. Uh, <laughs> such a great movie. It is a very good movie. And it's it's got the great blend of, you know, just the football athleticism along with the comedy aspect. And it's just, you know, overall just a very entertaining film. Yeah. It can bring us together as a people. Yes. <laughs> because it's football, people. <laughs> <laughs> but that's necessary roughness, everyone. Yes, another another fine, fantastic movie. 1991. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> you know the rest. <laughs> so I'm not going to make you go through that again. But thank you all for listening to another episode of ours. We appreciate the support again, as always. And don't forget to check out our poll questions on Spotify. You can answer directly from the app without having to go to another website or anything. Sometimes we'll throw in an interesting poll question. You never know. So just uh, be sure to look in the uh, additional uh, description underneath the episode. Yes, and reach out to us and uh, let us know if there are any movies that we haven't touched on or anything that we've missed. Yes, please touch on us. The episodes. And us. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks again, everyone. Until next time. Quotable Podcast. Out. Let us pray. <laughs>